My name is Elisa McCabe. I'm the owner at First Steps Financial. And each week we meet boss women and we gain new perspectives from their stories and inspiration. And if you haven't joined us before, welcome. We're so excited to have you here. And this conversation is recorded and it's also a live webinar. So if you're here with us on Zoom, feel free to put questions in the chat. We'd be more than happy to answer them. And Tara, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad you're here. I just feel so strongly about what you do for women. It's so empowering and it's so needed. So tell us how you got started. And then we'll talk about what big does for women. How did you get started with this? And what's your startup story? Okay, so I call myself an accidental entrepreneur. It was never (laughs) on my agenda list to be one. But I had a background in, I did ran political campaigns when I first came out of college. So I learned the power of grassroots, right? And bringing local people together to kind of, you know, make something happen. And so that, I didn't realize what I was going to do with that later on. And then I went into public relations and marketing. So I had that background. And what happened was when I was in the advertising agency that I worked in, we worked on big brands. And at the time, Timberland was a big brand. And I worked on Sylvania Lighting. And we actually did the ball drop in Times Square. It was pretty amazing. I mean, amazing. Really great credentials. And I never go to Times Square without the credentials. But I was interesting in my mind, at least, to people when they'd say, so what do you do? And I would say, oh, I work on Timberland or I do the ball drop in Times Square. But I was pregnant when I was doing the ball drop in Times Square. So I was about six months pregnant. And I was going to be that woman who was going to do it all in the corporate career. And I had this baby a few months later. I said that wasn't the only ball that dropped in my life that year in 1996. I had this baby. And, you know, it did what a lot of things did to most women I know as moms and a lot of women. You have to make that choice, right? And I didn't think it was going to be a choice. I thought I was going to be able to do it all. And I did. I had this baby. I had the time my job paid no maternity leave, 50% of the income in my house. And I said, with no income doing, you know, the stay at home mom thing, which was like scary in suburbia, I went back to work because they held my bonus if I didn't come back. We needed the bonus. I did the math, which is what happens to millions of women. The amount of money I paid for childcare and the amount of money I made was almost net zero. Never mind the emotional toll it would take to be away from your kid more than you're with your kid. And the craziness that is additional to it, because it's not just getting to work, it's getting the kid out the door, making sure they have everything. And then if they're sick, then you have to scramble to do things. Yeah. And and it wasn't the text message at the time because the text wasn't there, but getting the message that they did something really special that day, like rolled over and you weren't there, you know, heartbreaking. Now, so I opted out. I eventually opted out, which was a really hard decision. And I ended up in this mystery land called suburbia. And I lost my sense of self. I mean, who was I now? You know, and I used that word, that awful word, just, Uh I was just a mom. And it was heartbreaking. It's not why I went to college. It's not what I was thinking for myself. This wasn't (laughs) what I wanted. I didn't have my own money, you know, but I was privileged, right? I was privileged. I was one of those women that could stay home. I mean, I we had to close gaps on the financial side for me right. being out. But I did a lot of side hustle stuff. And I had two more kids as time went on. I was out for about 
officially out for 13 years. I did some projects, you know, little dabbles here and there. I travel with my husband for his career. Typical, typical stuff that millions of women have undergone in their life. And I wasn't one that stayed in the workforce. I have friends that did. And you know, there's advantages and disadvantages to that too, right? Right. No, absolutely. They're all retiring now. Yeah. They're yeah. All retiring yeah. with them. Yeah. And they have money that I don't have, right? Yeah. Like no, it's true. And stuff. But so in 2000, I, when I moved back to New Jersey with the three kids, and at this point, the middle school child was the one who saw the bumper sticker on the car, but my youngest was going to kindergarten. You know, she's now 20, but you know, 14 years ago, she was going to kindergarten. And I thought just like a lot of women, like, wow, this is my time, freedom mm-hmm. at last, you know, and 2.30 comes like lightning, you don't realize. Yeah. And what I wanted to do with my life was in New York City, and I live. 55 minutes away. So I thought, well, I'll just go back to work and I'll do these big brands and work in the city. And, you know, I got validated, which is what you need because you lose your sense of self in the subject. You lose, you know, you stop being who you are. You stop, you start being the mom. You start, your friends start being the moms to the kids. You know, you get lost. It's lonely. It's really lonely. I don't think people realize that it's lonely. It's lonely. One woman said to me, Tara was looking for her why in the whole, in the aisles of home goods. I was kind of like, wow, what can I do today? Well, I need five matching plates. That'll be a challenge, you know? I mean, that's what I was trying to figure out. And, you know, when I tell this story and I tell it to a room full of women, there's always women that come up and say, you're talking about me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They see themselves in it. Yeah. And that was 13, 14 years ago. And so I was a really small move that actually caused a movement. And I sent an email out to everyone I knew in my little town. I live in Bernersville, New Jersey, small little town, one middle school, one elementary school, one high school. But I knew a lot of the women in the town. I was a connector, right? I would say, oh, you need a photographer? She's a photographer. Oh, you need somebody to help you with your house? She's a Mm -hmm. designer. I would connect people. So people would come to me a lot. And there's a lot of women that do that. But I just sent an email random. We're still smart. Maybe we could get together and figure out how to find some professional fulfillment in our lives and keep our personal and professional private and our personal and our family commitments sacred. Yeah. And 42 women showed up in my living room. How cool is that? I had no idea. I kept getting these articles. I'm like, oh my God, what did I do? And what I really thought I was going to get out of this was maybe there was some small company happening in some basement that needed PR and I could do it from my house and I could get that fulfillment. That was my goal. But what happened was the women came and we went around the room and we asked three questions, simple questions. Who were you? Because they were somebody before they were in my living room that day. Most of them had corporate careers. Highly educated women, you know, some were lawyers who they never talk about being a lawyer because maybe it wasn't a great profession, but also when you're not somewhere Ivy League, but what would happen is they shut that part down because they're just stay-at-home moms now. They haven't filled their purpose. And they kind of might feel embarrassed that like they They went to law school, they passed the bar exam, and now they're just moms. Right. Yeah, no. Some of the women I knew. But I didn't know this side of them, right? Sitting in the parking yeah. lot, sitting at the pickup line, yeah, because sitting at the little They don't room. talk about it. I totally agree. My first hire was someone who was at preschool with me. She had a master's in finance. And I had no idea. Bottom line, millions of people with brilliance are sitting on the sidelines. Yeah. Millions. Millions and millions. And, and the and, world needs them. And I need them. So you and I have the same people. So the, love these so, women. Right. So my background running campaign and grassroots stuff 
help me start these little groups together. So what happened? We went around, who were you? Who are you now? Mm-hmm. Who do you want to be? And what are you struggling? And now it's, how can we help? Tears. Like, because they didn't know who they are. They start saying, well, I have three children and he's in Mrs. Johnson's class. And I said, with all due respect, we don't care about that. Yeah. Who are you? And that was like, oh, the same way that bumper sticker was like to me. And one story I'll tell you really quick, because it goes full circle to this whole thing from 14 years ago. One woman was in my living room. Who was she? She was a big executive in the garment district in New York. She was the breadwinner of her family. She had three little girls at home. And her husband had a flex job so he could kind of fill in the gaps after school. Comes home, he wants a divorce. He says, I don't want this anymore. She's like, oh my gosh. She quits the job, which means they lose the income, which means they sell the house, right? Which means she's now saying, I'm not going to go back and leave my kids now after this divorce. And by the way, I have no self-esteem because I've been through a year of them being told what I, how awful I am in the divorce process. She's sitting in my living room. Who was I? Big executive in the garment district, like traveled all around the world. Who am I now? She says, I don't, I'm not embarrassed about it, but it's not my choice. It's not my passion, but I walk dogs so that I can get income and be in the town that I live in for my kids. And then who do you want to be? Why can't you get there? And she said, despite my awful divorce, I always wanted to open up a bridal shop because I always felt that women deserve that special day. And, but the butt word, I have no money. I'm past the prime. My fantasy is gone. And I've got three kids to take care of. Two people down goes to the interrupts and the woman starts to talk about her. She goes, bridal woman, open the bridal shop. The next woman, I know inventory. I know space that would be great for you. We need another bridal shop in this area. So she literally sits up in her chair a little higher and she goes, you know, this woman opened, this is where we came out of. There's this woman that I walk dogs for, an older woman. She's wealthy. She said, you know, I told her in secret about this dream of mine to open a bridal shop. And she said, if I ever got serious about it, that she'd invest in me. But she'd want something called a business plan. And I don't know what that is. Wow. I'm not kidding. This is random women in my living room that I just came out of an email. Women says, I write business plans. I'll help you. Oh, my God. All right, so, you're going to make me cry here. Crazy, right? But wait, no, this is a happy ending. Oh. So February 2009, she's in my living room. February 2010, we're in her bridal store in New Jersey, in Morristown. It's become one of the number one bridal stores in all of the state. Wow. And she would tell you, and she has, that she would not have done it had it not been for the support of the women in the room. So then when I think I'm getting, when, where big comes out of it was some woman goes, well, this is what you just found is your new mission. You got to keep this stuff going. Yeah. And that's really big. The one more story to add full circle to this is my daughter was 12 when we started this, my oldest. Today, she's 25. A month ago, we just brought her bridal dress in that bridal shop. Oh, oh, how awesome is that? We could never make these things happen. Wow. I love that women helping women and you are empowering these women and bringing them together so that they can help each other. And I have to tell you, I'm a member of big and it is amazing. I've met so many incredible women there and they want to do nothing but help each other. And you are such a valuable resource because 
one of the biggest things is money, right? Yeah. Women need to understand their money because that's the most vulnerable place. They can't start a business. No. They can't open an orphanage. They can't do anything. <laughs> it's true. We find all the time that the biggest problem with women-owned business is they want to ignore the financial part because it scares them. And we do... <laughs> Five years. I'm a recovered person. You're recovering. You are. I used to not want to learn because sense of fear of failure, right? But for those of you who are here that are afraid like I was, don't because it's just, I mean, I know you're a money person and you find it fun. I never took a financial course in my life, but it is a pathway to all your smart decisions. And Michelle Sylvie, who works with you, right? Yeah, she's helped you. Immensely. She's been so instrumental mm-hmm. to look at the numbers and see like, oh, this is where I make the money. This is where I don't make the money changes what you do. Yeah, it does. It makes all the decisions that you make that much easier because you feel so confident about it. And, you know, it's funny because when you think about leaving a job, the first thing you do is figure out, like, can I afford to do that? And then I think we forget that or we get intimidated when we're talking about our business. So who or, and actually in the chat, Mindy just posted the big website. So you can learn more about big and become a member and join some of their workshops. They have tons of workshops. We do about 20 plus a month, 20 to 25. And now we're doing some live depending where you are. We have live events going on in different Connecticut in person? Do you have in real life? There's a hybrid version. So on the website, you'll have online and we'll always have online because we're never going to go offline ever again. I'm with you on that. That's But we have have live events that are happening throughout New Jersey, Connecticut, North Carolina, and California where we are. And we actually have one in April. I do, I do bridal shop. So it's it's always in the center. How nice. So, and you have started to reach out internationally now. Thanks to COVID. I mean, the curse of COVID actually for us was a blessing because, well, we had had a relationship through an international retreat I went on three and a half years ago before the pandemic with an equal organization similar to us in Spain, Costa Women in Spain. And we decided to make a commitment to stay together with the international women over in over in Spain, but it's all of Europe. And they had about 3,000 women. So for once a month, we were doing Zoom meetings before people knew what Zoom was with each wow. other. And that saved our organization when the pandemic hit because we knew how to Zoom. But not everybody else knew how to Zoom. So my associate and I, Brittany at the time, were literally glued to the desk doing 20, 30 Zoom calls a month to keep this thing together. Yeah, but it worked. We got it through it. We, thanks to your organization, I survived through the loans, the government yeah, loans. Working on that. We got PPP. through it. Yeah. And that was something that it brought your company to a new level because now it you did. could reach more people and you could make offerings online because there's people that can't come out to a meeting. There's people who have three little kids at home who want to be involved, who want to be, have that support of other women, other professionals. And now they can. They can be right in their living room with their kids and still be able to get that empowerment from. And even better than that, they can go to their local one in their town via Zoom, but they can also teleport to Spain or they could teleport to California or they can, you know, now we just talked to yesterday, a woman in Mumbai. So it's just so exciting because when you think about this in the bigger way, not no pun intended, 
there's so many resources and opportunities globally. Yeah. You know, this is the Women's Health History Month, and we just celebrated Women's International Day. Yeah. And the power of women worldwide, especially uh-huh. with what's going on in the world right now, is so important. Yeah. And, you know, I do want to talk to that, address that a little bit. But first, I want to ask you, is there someone like a person or an event or something that helped shape your thoughts about women in the workplace? Let's see. Well, you mean in terms of big or just in terms of me, my life? In terms of your life, like what, like how you thought of women working, how you, you know, because you were saying just a stay-at-home mom. Yeah, you know, yeah. So I think one of the things I realized, and it's a better, softer, gentler place now, and largely, I think, because of technology, since I stopped officially in corporate America in the late, you know, 80s. Because when I was in corporate America, it was a very toxic time to be a woman in corporate because women were turning on women. When you read back on those stories of women on Wall Street and how they had to have, you know, things in the bathroom and things they had to do to get ahead. And they were real stories, right? Women who made the sacrifice to be working in that cubicle and put those hours in and work on weekends and they didn't have a lot of empathy for women who wanted to go to the school play or, you know, be home for their sick child. They just didn't. And it was kind of difficult. We didn't have a lot of allies. And I was in a relatively softer profession. Some people like in law firms, especially oh. women, oh, you know, and so getting out was like, I thought I wanted to climb the corporate ladder. I thought that was success, right? The next title, next paycheck, next whatever. But it was a grind. I felt it when I was in there. But the only alternative for me was suburbia stay-at-home mom or part-time work, which in that time was like working at Starbucks or working in the dentist's office. No, there wasn't available like it is now. Entrepreneurship was, I didn't even know how to spell the word. Never mind. (laughs) I still don't know how to spell it all the time, but entrepreneurship. So I felt there was a chasm between corporate and some, there was no hybrid in between. And thankfully now entrepreneurship is that hybrid and women are learning that they can do this because if you are, and we both have children that are in the college age, they have degrees in entrepreneurship now that didn't happen in our generation, right? So we didn't have to, I remember three kids at home, kids in kindergarten, you know, and somebody would say, and I was like determined to do this thing, right? Freelance and do this. And they would say, could you read FedEx that? And I'd be like, oh my God. I have to get three kids in a car seat. I have to find a FedEx envelope. I have to drive to someplace to be a professional, right? Or they'll call and they want to talk. And of course the kids are screaming. Yeah. (laughs) And you're like, here's a Cheerio. Here's a Cheerio. Let's pretend they're not here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it wasn't really open to this, but we've evolved a long way because now, you know, pandemic opened that door up for a lot of women. I mean, all those memes about women and even men with, you know, the strollers coming in with the babies, but there's a lot of forgiveness now that wasn't there three years ago. No, for sure. I totally agree with you on that. We've always had the policy that, you know, there might be a kid in your video and just is because we've always been remote, but we've always, there's someone on my team and she's had her second child while she was with us. And the child would be sometimes on the Zoom call and we would call her the assistant. 
So, well, I mean, where did they think they were going to put them? Really? Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, really, you want the family life and then you don't want to acknowledge that people have family life. It's just crazy when you think about the fact that we put people, we wanted to put this part of our life in this box and women don't do that, right? We don't have silos. We have all an intertwined life, which is why we support all areas of women's lives. So back to your question, I think finding leaders, women who are leaders shaped my life, not necessarily where they fit in the workforce, but leadership was a big thing because if you had leadership ability, then you could do something and lead through it, even though the path wasn't clear. I think I had very strong women in my life. My grandmother was a strong woman. My mother was a strong woman. And I think we were just like, you figure this out. Yeah. You had gumption. Yeah. There was no excuses. It was like, well, you know, it was Jersey too. It was (laughs) (laughs) Just do it. You know what? I think when you mentioned having a strong mother, strong grandmother, having strong women in your life really does lift you up. And it and stops you from making excuses, right? Like you've stopped me from making excuses or being in a room. Like somebody will say, well, I can't do that. You know, I have two children. <laughs> and then you come in the room and you say, well, I have, I have six. I have six. Yeah. No, I know. It is what it is. You know what? Anybody can do anything you set your mind to. And, you know, that's one of the things that you and I witness all the time. And I think that, you know, it doesn't get talked about enough. But we witness bravery in women. Oh, I found well, this week I witnessed bravery. And, and it's unbelievable. It's so emotional. Oh, my God. I know. So there was on Russian TV, there was the woman who was the producer of the Russian show. And it was a newscast. It was a live newscast. And she took that risk and held that sign up saying no war. And this is propaganda. And you need to, you know, we need to protest against it. And that is, I mean. I can't imagine the thought process because she is not unto herself. She definitely has parents or siblings or children or a spouse or someone else in her life who she loves, who she's also putting their lives in danger. And women, you and I were talking about this before. We always think of everyone else. There was the grandmother in the Ukraine that stood in front of the tank, stood there, you know, because women will do, here's the. I think a little bit sad, right? We'll do it for other people. We do. But not always for ourselves. And so women will act if they think it's for the benefit of someone else. And, you know, I'm not all the way there yet either. I still do that. But what you really want to do is believe in yourself first, right? You know, you can't pour from an empty cup, they say, right? So filling that cup, you really can't be completely a giving person if you don't have a lot inside to give because of injuries that you haven't healed yourself, right? But when you say this will help children or this will help someone else, people will have the courage to take a risk. It's true. It's very true. I'm amazed at the things that women do and the fortitude. You know, we were talking about being in a call and someone having kids climbing all over them and, you know, being able to do that. There's also actually, Mindy's going to put in the chat we there was a mighty girl article if anybody follows a mighty girl which please do please support a mighty girl because they provide toys and games and books um, that are empowering girls to grow into these women and actually on their website they had a few sites that you can donate money to so many have to help the next generation we have oh. to break that cycle and you can't do it i mean you do it by example right yeah. but you can't do it 
they have to hear that messaging. There's so much other messaging they're getting. They're still getting all the Instagram beauty stuff. You have to counter that. I know. I'm totally shocked when I go on Instagram and they have the filter and take off the filter. I'm like, oh my God, that's so different. So, you know, and one thing that came out in the last year was more entrepreneurs, more businesses were started by women than ever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah. they our, called it the she-demic. The she-demic. I love that. And yeah. why do you think it is? Why do you think that women have really gravitated towards entrepreneurship? So I think I know you asked me this before, so I had a little time to think about it, but I think there's, my opinion, there's probably two main reasons that might have happened. Well, the pandemic made you make some big life choices, right? Oh, but sure. it said, is this all worth it? Mm-hmm. Right. You're asking yourself, like, what's important yeah. to me? Do I care about the side? You know, do I care about stuff or do I care about family? Do I care about experiences? Like what matters? Right. So that's the good news. Right. But the bad news is that, you know, so some women said, I don't want this anymore. I don't want this corporate ladder climb. I don't want to be on this hamster wheel anymore. I'm going to take the risk. I don't want to go back to corporate. I don't want to go back to a cubicle. I don't want to drive in a commute every day. I don't want to do that anymore. I'll figure this out. I want to be with my kids. And so they, two and a half years, you see it all the time right now, right? Some of these companies are starting to open back up and some of them are really strict on you have to come back. Yes, I I saw that. They're suffering. The next generation, the women that are in their 20s right now, they will not give up quality of life, nor should they. And even the men too. They will have the men too. They're not going to give up quality of life. And the pandemic said, you got this much of life to live, how you want to live it, right? So I think that's one of it. But I also think that corporations are these cold entities Mm -hmm. that will not promote women who still want to do the family thing, right? At the end of the day, that when they had to protect the jobs, when they had to do all the layoffs, the women got laid off, Yeah, right? The women got laid off because they weren't necessarily, you know, when they looked at the financial things, it was like, well, who's going to bring in the most income? Who's going to give it the most stuff? And, you know, oh, she wants part-time or she wants flex hours or she wants this. When they slashed, they slashed hard on the women. Yeah, and I, I agree. I think both of those things... But I think those women still wanted to support their professional side because I believe... Absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, that's the mission I'm on, right? The mission I'm on is don't sit on the sidelines. There's a place for you. And whether you have the gumption to start it from scratch and do what it takes. and So what we try to do is we say, big is a place where women can learn because you always have to learn, right? You have to learn. And you're never going to know. And there's no... There is no shame in not knowing. Yeah. Right. I don't know anything about the finances. I just align myself with you and your team and you take that burden off of me. Right. You find those people. You find find the people people and you stay on your course of what your strengths are Mm -hmm. and you fill in the gaps with the other women. Like in my living room, they're there. Yeah, they are. They exist and they're passionate about what they do too. And they'll do it for you. They'll do it for you. Even if you don't have huge budgets to pay yep. because they invest in you. Yep. Right. Totally true. And so we want them to learn and, you know, every day social media is changing. So you'll never stop learning, right? Yeah, you'll never true. stop learning. You'll never stop understanding how to do this. So we want women to learn and we want to learn from each other where they learn so much from like when you presented to us, it's mind boggling things that you take for granted, they've never heard of, right? Yeah. 
things with marketing the same way. So we can't oh, assume yeah. that everybody knows what we know. Right. So the second thing is the community, because uh-huh. you can talk yourself out of anything in five minutes in the shower, right? Yep. You need your girls, you need mm-hmm. your people to keep you on your track, to keep you accountable, to keep praising you, lift you up on those down days, which is yeah. like every day. At, you yeah. Know? Yeah. Because and, things happen. Is, I love that. And that community that big provides is incredible and so needed. I mean, I say yes to that, not because of me, because right now I'm like just I'm like the keeper of the entity, but the entity is a stone entity. It's the women of the organization. There are meetings happening right now while I'm talking to you. So this thing is, has a life of its own and I'm just the keeper of it. But the third thing we want women to do is move forward and evolve. And we don't have a vested interest in how they do that. We're not saying, Oh, earn seven figures, you know, build 10 employees. I have no connection to that. My connection is that you move forward and you go forward because you know, and we know, life for women goes like this. And I mean, in, in the 14 years that we've been doing this, we've had women come in with one career and one entrepreneur idea, do that for a couple of years, switch to another one, maybe marry, get divorced, and remarry a new guy. Yeah. And we're still here. So we don't, we're not connected to the outcome. We're connected in the forward momentum. Nice. I like that. Tara, thank you so much for joining me. I have enjoyed talking with you so much. I want to let everybody know, again, in the chat, check out Big Believe, Inspire, Grow. It's an incredible community to belong to. And I want to thank our producer, Smart Boss Media. Make sure you check out their website and their Facebook and Instagram. And thank you to everybody who's listening. And responding to the episode, we love having you as part of our community, and we look forward to seeing you every Thursday. Join us next week on Life Unedited, and our guest is going to be Laura Pedrick, and she is a photographer, entrepreneur, and a risk taker. Wait till you hear her story. I can't wait to talk to everybody next week. I'll see you next Thursday. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Life Unedited, Working Women, a production of Smart Boss Media. We'd love to hear from you. And we'd like even more to help your business grow. If you have any questions or want to contact any of the folks on this podcast, you can just email us at info at smartboss.media. Also at smartboss.media, you'll find any resources and links that go along with this podcast. And you can find links to other podcasts and resources for entrepreneurs and learn how Smart Boss Media can help you get your business podcast launched and listened to like this one is. It's your one stop for information to help you listen, create, and thrive as an entrepreneur. Visit smartboss.media.